Hello, welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and today I'm here with Charlie. How are you going, Charlie? Hey, how's it How's it going? Um, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I was just thinking, it's been a long time since we've chatted. It was like a Doctor Who New Year's Eve um, special, like 2019 maybe. Oh my God. Or was it 2020? Yeah, that, I can't, you know what? It must have been 20, I don't know, was it 2019? Yeah, it was 2019, I, I don't know. <laughs> Time is weird in, in COVID land. Yeah, there were only three times of year for me last year here in Melbourne. There was, oh, there was pre-lockdown, lockdown one, bizarre, <laughs> like three weeks in in the middle, and then lockdown two, 112 days. Um and then December. That was 2020. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't even know. Like, for me, it was just like my birthday, then I went to hospital, then lockdown, mm. then a little bit open, then lockdown again, and it's been like that since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, funny because here in Melbourne where – you know, we've got our comedy festival happening at the moment. It's the last week. And as of this weekend, venues or rooms under a thousand people can have a hundred percent capacity. Uh, and so it's almost like a normal uh, comedy year. It's weird. But yeah, we ha- didn't have it last year. So we're thinking back to, oh, when was the last time we did comedy festival? Oh, that's right. Two years ago. So it's it's been a while, but it's yeah, Australia's feeling like a bit of a strange bubble compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, like viewing your Instagram posts, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> is this like a time machine, or is this like a an alternate universe where things are normal? What do you mean you're meeting yeah, people? I, <laughs> I know. I I feel really weird and guilty about posting these photos, um, you know, that we're out and about and we're so open. But I know that we've, we were very lucky last year that our states took control and shut, you know, state borders. Um, and, of course, being an island, we could shut our borders relatively easily yeah. and we're strict on quarantine. However... Our vaccine rollout, that's a whole other story. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Obviously, I'm in, I'm in the weird age group of, I guess, the least mm. important, but I've got, I've got a bit of FOMO from everyone with the vaccines in America. Yeah. Yeah, so... um. So Australia bet heavily on AstraZeneca um, and that was being the one that we could manufacture here in Australia as well and not depend on shipments coming in. And as of like this, it's Sunday night for me. So as of Thursday night, um, the Federal Regulatory Committee, whatever, then said, yes, we're not going to recommend AstraZeneca for the people under 50. Um, yeah, yeah, so, 
We're already well behind on the um, targets that the government set and then, yeah, that. So that's been a bit of a body blow. Yeah, because it's okay anyway. if women. It's okay, yeah, it's okay if women get blood clots from birth control, but God forbid, everyone, or the men, may potentially um get affected by one percent. Yeah, it's it is so tiny the risk compared to yeah, as you were saying, the um contraceptive pill that we were just taking. We just take. Um, but yeah, so it, that's been a bit of a blow. So my mum's had the first dose of hers. My dad hadn't had any yet. So we'll get him to talk to his doctor because he had a DVT in 2004. So yeah, that's a blood clot. So he, he probably shouldn't have AstraZeneca. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's... We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there and we shouldn't complain too much because, yeah, we've, we're pretty lucky here in Australia. So, yes. Sorry for the COVID talk, everyone, but... <laughs> you can't escape it. No. Uh, you know, yeah, at the comedy festival, you know, most... Most comedians, they they have to address it in their acts. Like it has, it comes up, um, but it's not something they dwell on. It's not the whole routine. No, yeah. It's obviously, yeah, in the show. And some of them, you know, wrote the show for twenty twenty comedy festival, and then that didn't happen. So they've still got their show. Obviously, reworking some bits, but um. Yeah, it is funny though because at the official big venue, Melbourne Town Hall, they're quite, you know, got the COVID rules, you know, separating all the different um, rooms and crowds as they come in and exit. It's really, really strictly enforced. At other venues, yeah, not so much. All the crowds in together. Yeah, no, uh, that's going to give me anxiety, I think after that yeah yeah like um the first time i went anywhere after our 112 day lockdown was really really bad um yeah it's just anxiety inducing just any crowds anywhere of course i i was at school for a bit um before that um with crowds of kids yeah that of course they don't <laughs> stay apart from each other they're all over each other they're gross <sighs> yeah i it, yeah i can't even imagine yeah yeah but um yeah we've we've had some some great things come out recently. So I'm, I'm looking at the Zencaster and I see a name, Baron Zemo. Yeah. So <laughs> is that your secret identity? I'm going to go. Um, do you know what? I feel like 
if I'm ever going to cosplay, that's the cosplay I'm going to do. I'm going to get a big, great coat, nice purple shirt, and a purple mask, and stepping on uh, bottles of stuff. <laughs> Fur lining, and have you been memorizing that dance that you can do? Oh, I didn't. I don't need to memorize it. That was my dance anyway. <laughs> as, a, as a white person. <laughs> Yeah, I do recognise a lot of those moves. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I've been a big fan of Baron Zemo for years. Um, a massive supporter of his character portrayal in Civil War when some people perhaps weren't as excited about his portrayal and his, the way he came across in that film. Um I actually wrote an article recently about this on the marvelreport.com about how he's the most underrated villain in the MCU because I feel like he's had the most impact. So it's been great to see him again in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Well, his what he did in, in Civil War had such lasting impacts and you've got to speculate, well, if he didn't, break up the Avengers in Civil War, what would have happened when Thanos came? Exactly. I feel like it would have been, they would have maybe perhaps stopped Thanos. God knows how many. I Mm. I mean, maybe uh, Tony and Natasha would still be here. Yep. Yep. Would Captain go back in time? Because, you know, they wouldn't have to, Invent time yeah. travel. Yeah. Would he? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Would he? Yeah. Would he have mm. had his happy ending, or would he have? Would Tony have had his happy end? I guess he would have. Maybe. I. I think the idea is that maybe Captain had the, was pregnant in Infinity War. Yeah. Um But I guess yeah. You never know. Maybe <laughs> somehow life finds a way. I guess. Yeah. Sort of funny when a lot of these like time travel or things happening movies it's funny how they a lot of the times will end up at the same point but go different journeys so yeah you never know but yeah yeah i've been loving zemo in um in falcon and winter soldier just uh, yeah like holding his own against the other two in terms of personality and just bringing it to every scene just Little gestures and ah, oh, he's awesome. Yeah, and he's not necessarily wrong all the time. Like what he does is wrong, but um, how he goes about it is wrong. It's it, but what he's saying isn't necessarily wrong, which I think is really interesting as well. Yeah, well, that makes the best kind of quote unquote villain is when you see their point of view and you understand it. So you think yes. about Killmonger in um, Black Panther. He had a point. Yeah, exactly. Even Thanos. They have, if yeah, you, that's what's interesting. Yeah. It's how far they go and how they view things. Mm. And I feel like what makes, and it, it also helps to reiterate how, why Sam is the best person for the job to be Captain America. Yes, we we always knew that, but it was definitely underlined uh, on Friday's episode with that last shot of the shield dripping in blood. Yeah, and I wonder if we're actually going to see the shield actually be used. Um, oh, like again, 
like that. Yeah, like I want, or I don't know if it, if, if Sam will use that shield because of the symbolism behind it. Now, um, I know in the comics, Isaiah Bradley, who is the other Captain America that we saw, um, yeah, abused by the U.S. government, uh, he had a different shield in the comics, and we know that Steve's shield was under ice. So I was like. And we know that in the first Avenger, they had like a different, a few different variations of what the shield could be. I wonder if we actually see Isaiah's shield, and then maybe um, if Sam does become Captain America, maybe he chooses to pick that one as opposed to yeah, Steve's. Yeah, because I think that was the hard thing for Sam. It was the fact that it was Steve's, and and no one can replace Steve, and picking yeah. up. The shield is he is seeing it as replacing Steve, and yeah, you can put a man in a uniform, give him a shield, doesn't mean he's Captain America. Exactly, and I feel like that's what the great thing about this show is that it's reiterating the point of what Captain America is, as opposed to what you think it is. Um, yeah, because Carly has some of the right ideals sometimes but not necessarily going for the right ways of action we see john walker has the has the the check mark list of ability like yep this is what a soldier should be but he doesn't have the heart or the temperament of captain america um yeah so it's, it's a mixture of like and and I feel like Carly has the super serum and you think, oh, you need the super serum to be Captain America. But that's not the case. The thing you actually just need is heart and yeah, understanding. That's what Sam has opposed to everyone else. Even Bucky, like, I feel like he is conflicted. Yeah, because Steve wasn't chosen because he was a great soldier. He wasn't. He was chosen because he's a great man, and and you know it's gone around um, Twitter that scene in in the first Avenger where that the night before he takes the serum and they're talking about you know why he was chosen, yeah, and they talk about the fact the serum amplifies everything, and so you have to be careful about who you're choosing really to to take the serum. And yeah, it's it's very you know when you think about it that way, yeah, it's too much. You you think about, I mean, you put out a Twitter poll. I'm not going to ask for the results because I know you'll be talking about them on your own stream. But um, that you know, would you have taken the serum? And I thought about, it and I thought, well. Yes, it would make me stronger, which would be good. But, you know, there's obviously negative sides to to people's personalities. Like what would that then look like and amplify everything? And, yeah, you've got to choose the person, not the soldier, basically. Yeah, like you have to remember like, even the Red Skull had the check mark abilities of being a soldier and whatever but he obviously didn't have the right temperament or mental state it just amplified the 
the cruelty and the the power hungriness that was already there. And we see it obviously I think like John clearly has PTSD. Um yeah. as a soldier. And that's not been dealt with. And his sort of dismissal of Bucky's therapy <laughs> a few episodes ago suggests <laughs> that it's a you know, it's a cyclical thing in the army of well, well, we just uh, uh, we get we get through the therapy. But it's like you're not actually taking on board what it actually means, or at least those therapy decisions aren't really helpful in that regard. It's more a case yeah. of getting ready to get back into action, as opposed to looking after the people. So, if yeah, obviously he's a troubled soul, and that's been amplified. Um, and mm. you know, it's how, like you said, it's how you react. Steve actively loses his best friend, assumes he's been killed in the first Avenger. So he's been in the same position as John was. But Steve didn't go out and murder people. He no. you know, he went out to stop them, obviously, but he didn't go out to actively kill them. He arrested the uh, the German scientist. Not decapitate him. <laughs> No, not beat him to death. Like, that was quite horrific. Um, yeah, like, obviously John Walker's aggression is something that has been amplified and that's something that we saw, you know, back probably the, in, like, the second episode, you know, the way he was talking to, to Bucky and Sam were was aggressive in a yeah. way. Like, yes, he was sort of, he didn't yell, but he was just definitely aggressive in his stance. And so we can see that, yep, that was heightened with the serum. And with Carly, you, you wonder, well, what else has been heightened? Is it her belief in her cause and her, her drive almost? Because, yes, she wants to help the displaced and make sure that everyone has housing and access to medicines, which we can all agree with. However, we wouldn't agree with bombing and hurting innocent people either. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, because that leads into Zemo's point, like these people maybe shouldn't exist in that sense. And yeah, we have the decision to like Bucky and stuff, but even with Bucky, it's like, he didn't hurt those people, but he was manipulated and molded into someone who could and did hurt people for centuries. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting yeah. the way they, they deal with that. Yeah, and in in some ways, you know, thinking it through it, I was thinking about, well, you know, if there's super soldiers out there, obviously they'll start as super soldiers that countries would want to, vie for the technology of but also just in terms of human beings you know would we all want to have you know things heightened with with the people who are not um you know have their abilities forgotten the word but you know like like the movie oh ethan hawk uma thurman movie with Genetic manipulation. What's it called? I can't think. Oh, um, oh Gattaca. Oh, I've never seen it. That's it, you say. 
You haven't? No. Oh. So there um, um, society has gotten to a point where um, you can manipulate the genes of your unborn child oh, okay. to you know, heighten abilities, heighten athleticism, um, intelligence, all of these things. And if you're not um, enhanced in some ways, you become secondary to society. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to think, well, if this super soldier serum gets, you know, duplicated and then filters down into, you know, normal levels of society, you know, will it be something where everyone will will take it or some version of it to heighten our own our own makeup and who we are as human beings. So if you don't have it, then, you know, look down on as a secondary part of society. So is that also something that Zemo wants to put an end to? It's like, God, you know, we Zemo, you're meant to be a villain, man, but I agree with you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> and that's what's interesting about it. And obviously you got, he's not, you don't condone these actions, but also, you know, he's not—he's not completely wrong about that—that that stuff and that supremacy and why he wants to do this, like why he wants to tackle. Yeah, it. yeah, and that's what makes him interesting. And a lot of Marvel—not all of them, but a lot of the Marvel um, villains—you see their point of view and. And if they go too far or do things the wrong way, well, you think about the vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming. You know, he he, you know, saw all this all this stuff going to Stark, and he's like, "Why is Stark getting richer? Why can't us, the common people, get some of that for ourselves and and spread it amongst like the more working people rather than the rich getting richer?" It's like, yeah, okay, we get that. That's you know, it's something we can get on board on. But um, he then went about it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, like he's the first hand, the first hand felt um, like first hand he felt the uh, the response of the action or inaction of supremacy, like he mentions Ultron. Like decisions that were made led to Ultron, he says, um, which actively helped yeah. destroy his home and his family. Uh, the yeah. Avengers in general, which I, you know, you, you can't disagree with completely. Um, no. So yeah, it's interesting. I really like the uh, the whole the weird grey area of it all. Hmm. Yeah, that's. That's what makes him a compelling protagonist. I probably should say, rather than villain, because he's probably not. Well, at least he hasn't been so far the villain. He's being a protagonist, yeah, um, or an antagonist. But yeah, It'd be interesting I'm, to see where he actually goes because I'm I'm interested that they're gonna like 
if he changes his mind, maybe like he'll see that he was wrong. Maybe Carly will help hmm. change and do something good, and maybe he'll sacrifice, like not sacrifice himself, but maybe he will give himself up, which will be interesting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where will he? He go. It's. God, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's only a couple of episodes left, which is sad. Yeah. Um, now this is one where it's a quote unquote limited series, isn't it? Where it's one season. I, that's what's interesting is that I think they've all been li- branded limited seasons, but I feel like all so, so far, but with the idea that they can continue it depending on the situation. I feel like WandaVision may be one of the limited series. This feels like it could yeah. continue, though. Maybe under a different name, though. Maybe like Captain America and the Winter Soldier or something like that. Yeah, it definitely feels like it, it could continue, whereas WandaVision very much leads into Doctor Strange and mm. the Multiverse of Madness. This, you sort of go, well, where is it leading? Um is it leading somewhere? Is is it leading to Sam taking up the shield? So are we then going to see a Sam Captain America movie? But I don't know. It's, Sam's not there yet. Sam's not ready to pick up the shield yet. No, but he's close. He might. After this episode, yeah. I feel like he's closer than ever, um, especially with that speech. Mm. He still has to get through yeah. some drama. Some drama. I feel like we'll get like an episode next week where it'll be like, him and Sam and the family talking through stuff, and I feel like we'll get there. But um, I would imagine he might have the shield next week. I feel like they would have picked it up from um, the mass murder, or the murderer on the street. Yeah. So, yeah, like of course it was the Captain America fan of her group that got murdered by mm-hmm. the shield, which is horrifying. Sh- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking when I was watching the episode that, you know, what Carly's saying, I was almost trying to picture it, well, what would it look like if you weren't a young woman saying this, saying these words? If you were a, an older white man, would, would it come across differently? Because I think it's interesting that, the main villain that we've got is this this woman that is young looking and innocent looking and so I think it's easier for us to think oh she she doesn't mean anything she's 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 okay she's innocent she's manipulated by someone because I think um that was a lot some of the talk at the start was oh maybe she you know, she wasn't the leader. She's someone's sidekick. But it's like, no, she's the leader. Um, what for Sharon? Sorry? Did you mean Sharon? No, Carly. Oh, Carly. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what's interesting mm. is that people often undermined her character. Um, obviously because we didn't see her until, like, what, episode two maybe? Um. But yeah, I really like her character arc because, again, mm. she's not wrong. It's just how she goes about it. No. 
And I don't think she's completely exempt from redemption either. I don't think she's there's no redemptive arc for her. Because um, you've got to remember, like even Steve was a ter- was a criminal. Um, Wanda <laughs> has a very complicated past, um, and we, you know, gave her the ability and room to improve herself and change. So. I have hope for Carly. Yeah. It's just how they're going to deal with that. I wonder if she'll feel guilt from this week's episode. Yeah, well, yeah, when because she kicked, um, she kicked the, the oh, uh, his name's escaped me at the moment. Yeah, Lamar. That's it. Yeah, thank you, Lamar. Into. The post, didn't she? It was her. Yeah. Wasn't it? Or was it? No, it yeah. was her. Yeah. Yeah, it was her. And yeah, everyone in the room froze. It was like everyone acknowledged that, okay, that's step over the line. That, yeah, we we're okay you know, beating each other up, but somehow that was the step too far. It also um, felt like for me, like she didn't mean to, to do it. Like, I feel like yeah. you got to remember as well, like, she went off to try and get a cure for tuberculosis, was given the super soldier serum instead, and then, like, she's still a young person who doesn't understand her complete strength yet. So, it, for me, it felt like an accident. Mm. So, it's interesting. If they're going to delve into yeah. that and be like, well, cause she, again, she said like she didn't want to kill them. She, she wanted to kill Captain America because it's a symbol, but um, she didn't want to kill anyone else. Yeah. Well, she doesn't need to kill Captain America anymore. Uh, well, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. I wonder how far they'll go. I wonder if they'll like try and cover it up or if they'll just throw him away completely. They can't cover that up. There were so many phones out recording it. Yeah. It... Yeah. But then again, we see that in real life, though. Think about stuff in the current world where stuff is clearly yeah. <laughs> filmed and yet still people try <laughs> to make excuses or let people escape responsibility for their actions. Yeah. There'll definitely be a Fox News spin. Mm-hmm. On that one, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens in the in the next episode. Now, was was Zemo blipped during that time period? Do we know whether he got snapped out? I don't think we know. Or was I, he in the I, cell the whole time? I feel time? like he must have been in the cell. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like they would have mentioned it otherwise. Yeah. Um. I also like the fact that it adds to it. It adds to it, like the fact that he's been there for like seven years as opposed to just a year and a bit. Mm. That's what's interesting. It's not uh, like um, that flashback at the beginning. It says six years ago, but for Bucky, it was one year ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that it's, it's so hard for both sides, isn't it? The people. Who, who left and then came back and so many things have changed. Yeah. 
people have died, grown up, moved on. Yeah. And then the people who remained, they had to see their loved ones just disappear and then try to find a way in this world. It's awful. Yeah. That's what's interesting about the blip is that it's ripe for both comedy and horror. And I think we see that great in both WandaVision and Spider-Man. Because there's the comedy element where, of course, it's ridiculous. And I think they will explore a bit more in She-Hulk, because obviously she's a lawyer. Um, yeah. I would expect maybe we'll get, like, a few funny, like, cases of, like, um, my husband cheated on me because I got blipped and he married someone else. And he's like, well, I thought you were dead sort of thing. That would be interesting, like, to see the legality of that situation. Um and then, obviously, got the horror element of it, of, like, well, I came back, now my family are dead, or I came back, I thought you were dead, and I moved on, or, you know, like, or, or, uh, there's a stranger in my house because they lived there five years ago. Um, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that in Spider-Man Far From Home, we see, we see people come back, but, yeah, it's just glossed over that people come back. I think... Peter and and his aunt are in a different apartment. Yeah, they. Just, I they think said from that, memory, they said that Aunt May, when she came back, there's like a different family living in their apartment, and so they had to leave. <laughs> they had to leave basically. <laughs> someone else lives there now. Um, and yeah, the, the whole feast organization to help people who um, were in the same situation were affected by the blip. It's nice to see that Peter Parker and his family care when the government don't. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep, the government. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, you bring up She-Hulk. So that's one of the upcoming – it's been announced anyway. I don't think they've started filming or anything, have they? No, they just announced uh, another cast – Another casting, but I feel like they're they're starting to film soon because I think they I think they yeah. nearly finished Loki. I think that's either finished or nearly finished filming. Well, you hope so because that's not too far away from being on our TV screens. Yeah, but even then, like Wonder Vision was filming or editing or filming bits whilst it was on air. Really? Mm-hmm. I think it was editing. I think they were like editing. Yeah elements and stuff because yeah. I feel like if I recall correctly I feel like there was one more episode or like I think there might have been like another episode or something that they got rid of okay which was interesting yeah I know that that last episode especially filming got very impacted by COVID and there was meant to be you know, quite a bit more with um, like Kat Dennings and Jimmy Woo and and all of them, but it, it got cut, well, yeah, a lot because of COVID. So yeah, so yeah, and and we're hearing more stories about games that were meant to be coming out this year, but they just can't you know, get them out on time because of yeah the the backlog with with people working from home and, and all of that. So, yeah, the editing. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Jeez. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like I think Kat Dennings like filmed this like from home and they photoshopped their face on it. That's why it looks a bit weird in that finale, but you know, not bad. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, like I'm watching I watch This Is Us because yes, I need one show that will undoubtedly make me cry every week. <laughs> and and so right now it's except like during the pandemic and it's quite strange because you see the actors, you know, in masks when they're out, you know, supposedly out, you know, in in areas um of and and yet characters are also flying from state to state. You know, for me, you know, we here in Melbourne weren't allowed more than five kilometres from our home. State borders were locked. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the, there's all these filming happening you see behind the scenes and people are in masks and then in front of the camera not in masks and they're quite close. So I really sort of wonder, well, what's the guidelines? What's going on? I'm quite confused. But anyway, they're still filming product. Yeah. And I'm so grateful, actually. Like, they're saying, I know Star Wars is, you know, we're going to, we love watching Star Wars content. Mm. But for me, it feels, um, it feels different when we get, like, I like having, like, a Star Wars thing to watch every year, like, maybe, like, a, a series or a film. But with the MCU, I could keep just watching more and more because it's so different. It's like picking up a different comic book every time. Yeah. So I'm very thankful that we get to do that. Yeah, you're right. They're all such a different feel. I am. Um, I finally finished... Um, watching the Netflix like Daredevil and Jessica Jones oh maybe late yeah late 2020 I I'd gotten to the Defenders and then I stopped because next thing was Punisher and I got about two episodes into Punisher I was like nah not watching that (laughs) not watching that not watching Iron Fist nah um but because they they weren't leading into another big defenders thing, I could go all right. I'll just watch Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which were my favourite Netflix ones. Now, do you reckon Daredevil and Jessica Jones could come on to She Hulk? Um, I would like to see please the, say yes. I would like to see those characters. I, I just don't know the the canonicity of those shows, and even Agent of Shield, which I adore. Because of obviously they're all created by Marvel Television, which was now is now defunct and is now part of Marvel Studios. So Marvel Studios has the characters. Uh, some of the characters, not all of the characters, some of the characters. I think like Netflix have like the rights to maybe like Luke Cage and Iron Fist for like another few months, a year or a year. But yeah. it's how they use the characters. I know that maybe I think like Kevin Feige likes Ghost Rider. So everyone was kind of upset because they were going to they announced the Ghost Rider show with Gabriel Luna, who played him in Age of Shield, who was amazing. And that got cancelled, and I yeah. feel like he'd rather do something different with those characters. So it's how he implements them. Maybe they'll introduce elements of it, but I mean that's that's a difficult subject. So I hope so. I feel like Charlie Cox would be great. The most likelihood oh. is that 
if they do bring Charlie Cox on it, he'll be Daredevil, but they might not reference anything else from the show. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon Charlie Cox has got the best chance of appearing because I think he was he was very popular in the role and yeah. very good in the role. Um, obviously, She-Hulk is a lawyer. Um, oh, blanking on his name, but Daredevil is a lawyer. So um, they're in the same world. They're in the same world. So you never know. They they could cross paths. Um, Jessica Jones is is fantastic, but you know, would she cross paths with with She Hulk or other MCU characters? Don't know. Unlikely. Um, yeah, I'm holding I'm holding out hope for for a Charlie Cox. I'm holding out for my hero till the end of the night because he's got to be strong. He's got to be fast. He's got to be in for the fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I'd love to. And also, like, that's such a great character who should appear in. Everyone keeps saying it, and I don't know if they will do it or not, but he should appear in the Spider-Man film. It's like the yeah. perfect placement. He needs a lawyer. We know the best lawyer out there. It's Matt Murdock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting. I also read that um, the next Spider-Man movies, when they come to streaming, are going to be on Netflix exclusively. I feel like that's the case. I feel like yeah, because Sony and like the uh, because it's yeah Sony's product still distribution product. They won't be on Disney. God, that that must just be annoying. Like Bobby I or one of the Bobbies, I'm sure they're very annoyed by that. Yeah. Just go and buy Sony, Sony Bobby. You know you want to. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 complicated. It's like yeah, you don't want a monopoly on the industry, but also it's nice to have a whole collection in the same thing. And it does bum me out that we don't get Spider Man Homecoming and Far From Home on that list. But I get it as well. It's the same reason why we'd have Net Daredevil and stuff on there as well, um, which is a shame. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the Daredevil TV show, yeah, will probably live out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But the character rights, I think, are up for use. Yeah, they own um, them again. Yeah, they've gone back to Marvel Studios. Yeah. Now I've got nothing against Iron Fist, but they've got to. They can they can rewrite that. They can yeah because that 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 first I only watched the first season of Iron Fist because that was a hate watch. That was a me watching it because I knew it led into Defenders and I didn't even watch just it. I just hating. Skip, I just skipped it because I have the ridiculous privilege of being a comics reader and having just knowing the, the <laughs> basics of Danny Rand and being like, I don't need to watch this. I can get the gist of yeah. his, what he's doing. So I was like, okay, yeah, he's rich to the end. Um, I, couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think I would have been able to do it. Oh, the unfortunate thing is that, yeah, the, the, 
the people that um, Danny Rand is against, they were sort of the big bads of the defenders, which really annoyed me because I'm like, no, this makes Iron Fist, you have to watch it. And, and I was hating it. Yeah. And, and I try not to slam shows because I know it, they're difficult to make and I couldn't do it. But, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah the whole it, thing is complicated from the beginning. It's like, how do you approach that character? And I think sometimes Marvel Studios go about it a better way than sometimes Marvel TV did. Mainly with mm. those shows. Um and I feel like that's what's different about the Marvel Studios approach is that if you go ahead, the idea that we're doing one season of a story and if it works out, we have another story to tell, we can just do a, a second season as opposed to saying like, we're going to do five seasons of Jessica Jones. Like the first, after the first season of Jessica Jones, I feel like this, it wasn't much push for another season. Yeah, like I enjoyed all three um, because I like the character but definitely the first season was the strongest, especially in terms of villain. Yeah. Um, and, of course, being David Tennant, I wanted to see David Tennant more. You know, he's my doctor. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he was just in the first season. But I, I do like Marvel is more prepared on Disney Plus to go, okay, yep, eight episodes of one episode can be 30 minutes, one episode 45, and then um, like WandaVision was all sorts of lengths. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is many different lengths and it was six episodes and, and they, they're far more prepared to go, right, this is the length of story, this is how we're going to break it up, yep go ahead and do that. Whereas when it was on Netflix, it was, no, you are going to do 10 episodes of, is it 55 minutes or whatever it is. Mm, yeah. And that's it. And that's what's, yeah, it's interesting to see how they, like, it'll be interesting to see if they actually do continue those stories and have something different with that. I feel like, yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how they're going to retcon some of the stuff. Um which is a shame because some of the some of the Netflix stuff was a a plus tier. Like I really love the Daredevil cast. I think they were great. I like I like all three seasons of Daredevil actually. Um, yes. Yeah. And then the second series, people judge that one a bit more, but I actually really enjoy it. Um, yeah. The Kingpin, great casting. So maybe they'll just use those elements, but <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I think if any cast especially has got any chance of being picked up by marvel and used again it's the daredevil cast yeah um because yeah they were really really great and oh my god yeah kingpin he he's amazing um but just the whole way daredevil was done so in season three there's an episode that one where he's breaking out of prison and there's like 11 minutes of a continuous shot mm. and of him fighting through a corridor. That's three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's so good. I 
just amazing fight scenes. I, I, I do like fight scenes, but I like being able to tell what's going on. And with Daredevil, you could always see what was going on. It's not these quick edits around an actor not being able to punch or whatever. It's no, it's all on screen, center of frame, being able to see it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, yeah, I would love to see what, because people forget as well, like Marvel Studios have the benefit of having, um, it's it's the same studio. Like, it's not like, oh, we've got a different set of people. It's the same studio, so they have the, the same concept artists. So um, some of the people, I don't know if you follow the, like, the artists who do the Marvel Studios costumes and stuff um, on, like, Instagram. But some of these uh, some of these people, like Andy Park is one of my favourites. He's the guy who basically came up with the Wanda costume. Uh the Zemo mask, he did that for Civil War and it got reused eventually oh. for this. Um, it, like, it's exceptional, so I'd love to see them like tackle some of those characters. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing with Disney Plus, just the wealth of stuff that's heading our way because we've got Bad Batch starting in. Well, a couple of weeks, really. Mm. Oh, no, it's, it's only mid-April. I thought it was late April right now. God, even time now is a strange concept. Um, yeah, 4th of May, we've got Bad Batch, and then it's it's going to release on Fridays as well as the Marvel stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, feel, I think it is, yeah. It feels, it, feels like, it feels like it's a Friday show, like The Mandalorian. Yeah. But what are, what are the Disney Plus servers got to do? They've got to get in more servers or something because I just keep hearing of Disney Plus crashing for people midnight yeah, over in America. Because nobody wants to watch it because um, they all boycotted that. So that's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Click, obviously. Nobody watches that stuff. Yeah, no, Disney Plus is a failure. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, can I just say, for some bizarre reason, because they do the midnight release Pacific time mm-hmm. for things, for us in Australia, depending on daylight savings and all of that, it's been between 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock on a Friday evening. It's... Perfect. Mwah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I actually really enjoy it over here because it's basically eight o'clock in the morning, which is about the time I sort of wake up or after that. So I can just wake up and straight watch it, mm. which is nice. Yeah. None of this getting up at midnight. Yeah. Rubbish. For once. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Yeah. I wake up at 2 a.m. to buy my Star Wars Celebration tickets. Um, thank Thank goodness I did because they were sold out like an hour and a half later. Yeah, it's true. It's ridiculous, the US-based stuff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, woke up at 2 a.m. I was on that queue for a long time because I had 
well, you know, it was a long queue. Plus, my internet at that stage was a lot slower. And then I did some purchases at you know three a.m. in that checkout store, which is always a good idea buying things at three a.m. Um, you know, I've got more t-shirts than I can possibly want, and just other stuff. Yep, three a.m. purchases. <laughs> Don't do it, Catherine. Oh, stop it. You're, yeah. <laughs> I, if I had the money, I'd probably rejoin you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what a weird godsend. Yeah, it's, so it's funny. It's popped up on my like Facebook memories that, yeah, two years ago since I flew to Chicago to to attend celebrations. So it's, ridiculous. Um, oh, absolutely ridiculous. Like I don't. I don't know what's what's going on. <laughs> it didn't feel like two years ago. No, no, and and then yeah, we're we're not going to all be together till August next year. Um, but it was funny, like when they when they delayed it till August twenty twenty two. I remember us here in Australia going. 2022 why not 2021 <laughs> and, and now we're going not nah, good call yeah no thank god good call yeah. yeah because um yeah our borders won't be completely open by then so we'd have to quarantine on the way back or well, we probably wouldn't be allowed to leave the country for one um <laughs> yeah <laughs> same here mm. like oh no, i don't think yeah they would they wouldn't want that anyway yeah all right so yeah it's all all strange but um we've had some obi-wan set leaks but no cassian andor leaks no thank god because oh. I'm just trying to avoid all the leaks. I'm like, you know what? Mm. Like, I can imagine there's going to be some sort of... <laughs> that's what's great about it. But all the headlines are like... Even for Obi-Wan, it's like, village. I'm like, wow. Okay, yeah. thank God for that. Yeah. We know there's going to be a Ex- village yeah. in it. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see... Oh, it's just Tasha Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Oh, it's a good-looking set. Yeah, it looks like Tatooine. I knew it was on Tatooine. Whatever. Um, yeah, obviously Cassian means a lot to me and I don't want uh, it's this thing of I don't want anything ruined, but I'm, you know, I'm so full of anticipation that I, I almost want something because we've, we've had nothing, like, We've had not even cast announcements from memory. Yeah, I feel like we we did have a cast announcement. I think not long ago. I don't think they had like a massive image mm. like we did for Kenobi. But yeah, yes. it's yeah. I would like to see maybe like a set photo that would like a, like a promotional set photo that'd be interesting. Like we got with Rogue One. Mm. Um, but the more they hide stuff, the more kind of happy i am 
because it makes me feel like there's yeah. going to be a lot of fun surprises and you know it's going to be interesting yeah because that's something that um mandalorian season two i felt suffered from is that we knew that a lot of people actors coming in and then directors also i mean, it's bizarre wearing it wearing a state of the world where knowing who a director is on an episode spoils what's going to happen in the in the episode it's like Dave Filoni's directing an episode and we all know Rosario Dawson's appearing in the season. It's like, okay, yeah, Ahsoka's appearing in that one. Mm. So I I don't really want to know. I don't really want to know anything because think about that delightful surprise we had, episode one of The Mandalorian of little baby Yoda. Yeah. You just don't, you don't want to go in knowing all that stuff and I just don't think. I don't, yeah, I personally don't want to see anyone else tell me things no. that happen. No. Let it be a surprise. I want people. a surprise when Krennic turns up, damn it. Oh, that, that happens. I want a surprise. Me. I want a Krennic show. <laughs> it would be the great. best. Especially, I don't know if you've read yeah. the book Catalyst, but it's so good. Yes. Yes. It's so good. Like reading Actually, that, that and yeah. the Rogue One novelization, yeah, yeah. My my crazy theory is that we might see Krennic in Bad Batch. That'd be awesome. He'd be a nice foil oh, to. It um, does make sense. He'd be a nice foil to talking. I think. Yeah, yeah. It does does make sense that he's you know working on the secret projects, and I mean, depending whether Bad Batch is employed by Krennic or is working against Krennic. Oh, no, not Krennic, Tarkin. What am I saying? Yeah. But, um, yeah, what they are doing, you know, whether, you know, who could appear. Ah, uh, Mendo in cartoon form. Come on. And they were, they were planning it for Rebels. They designed the character for, like, like cut out and everything. And the art of books, they showed that they were going to put him in it, but they just didn't have the time or the place for it, so... It makes sense for me. Uh, the one of the big buildings from um, the Clone Wars series five, where Ahsoka escaped the big prison, is actually built by Krennic, according to the book. So it'd be cool to see that, especially if we're going to see that building as well. Yes, yes, and I know that he's filming Zero Diversion Act, but we know that he's doing a Marvel soon, and mm-hmm. so. He's got access to the volume. He's got access to all the studios. He could just pop in. Exactly. Yeah. Mendo it up. Just do his Mendo stuff and we're we're done. Yeah, we'll do it a quick zoom if it's an animated thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, I I keep going on about that I want Cassian to dance, but I don't want it spoiled for me. Yes, I know. It's like, I, I like, like, when I want something to happen, don't show me. No. No. Yeah, so going into Rogue One, I had no anticipation of seeing Red Leader and, and Gold Leader. And then the Battle of Scarif, 
they popped up using that archive footage and I was in the cinema just crying because there they were. It it was just amazing seeing those two on the screen. Yeah. It's it's exciting. That's I was I'll say that. I cried a lot during Rogue One. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rogue One is one of those films where I, again, it's my favorite. Going back, um, it's still my favorite of the new bunch of films. It's it's the best. Mm. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, during during lockdown, one of the sort of things I did was. I started watching train videos on YouTube, so a lot of videos about how they built the tube in London and the history of um, the tube and stations and various things. Mm. And so there's ones about Canary Wharf, so I'm like, ooh, Rogue One. Um, <laughs> and the one, I've, the one I just watched, he was talking exclusively about Canary Wharf and he said, oh, yes, and Canary Wharf was used in the filming of Rogue One. Not even the strangest thing I've seen on the Jubilee line. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know what? He's not wrong. No, no. So, yeah, that was my happy place during a lot of lockdown. I was watching videos about trains and realising <laughs> I'm turning into my father because I'm watching videos about trains. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. We all do it. Uh, you know, like excitedly talking to my osteopath about um, trains. He's like, like usually we're talking Mandalorian and then one session I'm talking about trains and um, Kingdom oh, Ishabai Brunel. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell is going on? But now he started watching train videos too. He's like, there nah, they're, they're soothing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Trains are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the comments on YouTube. There's no rubbish there. It's all nice comments. Yeah, I, I, I do that a lot where I fall into a rabbit hole of weird information. You're like, mm. here's all this stuff I know now. It's pointless, but <laughs> it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I watched a lot about London's underground. Um to the point where I probably have too much information now. Like I was watching a video about, um, you know, how much time you can have after you, you you tap off your OIST card before you have to tap on again and it's a new journey. Mm. Like why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, it's in case I, you go back to celebration. Yeah, but it's like this is really useful if you live in or around London but, Surely I can wait for this knowledge until I know I'm going. Yeah, and even then, uh, anyway, you, won't then was... you won't even need it because you just no. you tap it and go, oh, I've got to pay for it, never mind. Yeah, I'll go whatever, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit I did look up on Google Maps and work out how to get to the village where they're filming Cassian oh, by yeah. train. So I've looked that up. That? For my little excursion. Um, little Marrow or something. Sounds like oh, a Harry Potter town, doesn't it? 
Oh, yeah. So, village in, in England. So many of them sound like Harry Potter villages. True. Now I've got to look at it up. Where is it? There is it. Oh, don't tell me I've lost it. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think I've lost it. So I've got a great... It fell off. <laughs> um. Yeah, Little Marlow. Okay. Little Marlow, yeah. Buck- Buckinghamshire, okay, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But seriously, they can leave that there and that'll be a great tourist attraction. <laughs> you just, just live there forever. <laughs> yeah. This is where Cathy and Andrew well, stood. Yeah. Oh, well, Hobbiton in New Zealand... What they originally did for the original Lord of the Rings, they got rid of, but mm-hmm. when they rebuilt it for the Hobbits, they just left it there and, yeah, it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's a great idea, actually. Um, it's like the Harry yeah. Potter thing. Like the set is the actual set in the UK. Like you yeah. walk in, it's the actual Great Hall, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. That's the thing with... um. With Melbourne, there's not a lot of. There's some places that you know you'd know from movies. I mean, most of it's like Australian television, but there's the odd place that you'd know. Um, I mean, really, the most famous thing would be Swanston Street. That yeah, ACDC ride down the back of a Ute for their long way to the top. If you want a rock and roll video, yeah. Mind you, Swanston Street is very different now from when that was filmed. <laughs> um, what about Ramsey Street? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my are. dad would take any visitors, like interstate visitors or visitors from the UK, he'd drive them out to where Ramsey Street is. Yeah, I'd go there. <laughs> <laughs> my auntie lives in Australia yeah, a... and she's got like all these pictures of Toadie. <laughs> like... Look, I've also uh, somehow it got suggested to me. Uh, I got into a rabbit hole of watching little clips from neighbours from like the nineteen eighties and early nineties. Yeah, it's so fantastic. So good, yeah. My oh. mum loves used to watch it all the time. So, oh, and the Mendelssohn clip. Yeah, his his hair and that yeah. and that is great. Isn't that home and away? I can't remember. Uh. Um, but he's got great hair in it. Yeah. Yeah, Mendo, I think, did appear. Russell Crowe definitely was in a couple of episodes of Neighbours. Mm-hmm. He got into a fist fight with, like, Jason Donovan and Guy Pearce. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of iconic. Um, yeah, Alan Dale, like Jim Robinson, whenever he appears in, anything, in, yeah. in a movie, it – I. In Australia, every time he appears in a movie, audiences laugh. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's Jim Robinson. I remember that. And then he was in Torchwood. I was like, oh, he's horrible in this. Like, he's actually just, like, really horrible. So, like, oh. 
think we're that. Sean. He's always the bad guy now. Yeah. He's always bad guy. Always. It's funny. It's funny. He's the bad guy in Lost. He has that face. Yeah. Uh, Jim Robinson. <laughs> it's funny that a lot of the people who are nice on Neighbours, they'll if they go on to have bigger careers, they'll end up playing bad guys more often than not. Like Guy Pierce, how often is he a villain? Yeah. Yeah, it's true actually, yeah. There's so many... Yeah, and um, the actress who, the actress she played, uh, Carl Kennedy's wife, Susan Kennedy's stepdaughter. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> I can't remember the actress's name, but she's in everything. She's in like every Whedon project. Um, she's always playing a villain. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, and she was like, she was also in Agents of Shield yeah, as Daisy's mother. Yeah, yeah. Back when I could watch that, before it got really difficult to watch here in Australia. It's on Disney Plus, though, right? It's still only season one. One in Australia. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty. I've surely updated it to everything. Uh, I'll check, but I think Channel Seven which is my least favourite free-to-edge network here, I think they still have the rights to it. And oh, that makes it was sense. Just, it was just terrible whenever shows I like end up on Channel 7 yeah. because they play them late at night and never the time that they advertised and then they'd end up on one of their extra channels that are just hard to find. So then I'd have to use their app, which is just terrible. And then I stop watching the show because I just can't deal with them. Oh, well, hopefully it'll be so on. that was me. And, yeah, hopefully it'll be yeah. on Disney Plus soon for you. Yeah, I don't quite remember where I got up to. But, of course, Margot Robbie was on Neighbours. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember her on it. <laughs> Margot Robbie and someone else was on Neighbours around that time as well. Who is, uh, oh, I can't think of why I've forgotten people. Who else was neighbours around that time? He was now popular. I don't know. That's well past my watching. <laughs> my watching it. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth was not home and away, I think. Yeah. But yeah. And Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. I'm trying to think. Yep. If I put uh, won the Logie for best newcomer. Oh. Yeah. So they look TV Week Logie Awards. We bag it because they are terrible. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the last time it was held because it wasn't held last year. Um, the Gold Logie for most popular um, person on Australian television. It was won by a comedian who also does a quiz on the ABC and he's known as being very sarcastic and just cutting on people. But it was just basically this campaign run to like go, yeah, wouldn't it be hilarious if you won the gold Logie? And because he just doesn't take it seriously and he just takes the piss. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he won. Oh, God. And 
the faces of some of the previous winners or the other people who are up for it that year, ooh, they were not happy. <laughs> they were not happy. Uh, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, a, yeah a- Chris Hemsworth from Summer Bay to um, captaining the starship Kelvin, being Kirk's father, yeah. to Thor. That was pretty much it. Not much in between, I think. Apparently he was in Neighbours as well for one episode. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Peter O'Brien. Liam? He was in uh, Doctor Who. I remember him in that. Yeah. Was Liam in one of the... Yeah, yeah, he was as well. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Just just, like skipping through as many as I can find. I said... uh, And then there's... Daikin Lackman is the one who played, um, you know, in S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, then there's another Hemsworth brother. Yeah, who's I, in the who's, who's in, in four? Right, he's in four Ragnarok. Oh, he's in Westworld, but yeah, yeah, he might be in Thor Ragnarok. He plays uh, the actor who plays four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, wait, Holly Valance wasn't taken. That's right. She had a yeah singing. We forget. Yeah, she had a singing career, and um, she was going to be the next big breakout star, but nothing happened. Yeah, I think she got married, and it all got a bit sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember her being in Taken though. Mm. Yeah, I remember the songs and stuff though. I mean, how can you you forget Kiss Kiss? Oh, classic. I was I was watching a Miss Marple. Of, of course I was yeah. last week. And, yeah, yeah, she was in that. I went, oh, look, it's Flick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so I hope you've all enjoyed this Neighbours deep dive. I mean, <laughs> it, it, they, sh- they should go and watch it if they haven't. Oh, yeah, Miss Marple. Yeah, I mean, Paul Robinson, how many wives has he had? Six? Seven? Yeah. And now his granddaughter is played by. Um, oh, I forgot. That's right. He's played by. Uh, Jason Donovan's yeah, daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. Yes. Yes, my recent neighbor's deep dive has, on YouTube has paying off and and I got into a point where I looked up Paul Robinson's family tree because I was like how many kids does this man have because he had like triplets by Gail and and there was like an identical there was two boys and a girl and the boys were identical played by the same actor when they came back later Mm. and one was evil and one was good because of course and yeah. he was bad, and then he became good for a bit, and now he's bad, good. I I watched this bit where it was a 
it was like this dream sequence. He was in the car and he was in a car accident or something and he looked up and then in the rear vision mirror was this vision of Jim. So Alan Dale filmed this cameo talking to Paul. I love it. It was the best. It's up there with the time Bouncer the Dog had a dream and that went to air. Primetime television in Australia. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's good stuff. The dream of a dog. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's interesting seeing, um, seeing where all these actors have got to now. It's pretty great. I mean, like, yeah, Jason Delevan and Kylie are basically British now. <laughs> Practically. <laughs> they just live here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We stole them. Yeah, they used to. They all went to to the UK. You know, yeah, get paid for things, but we'll keep Toady. Toady's us ours forever. Yeah. <laughs> you can never have Toady. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. Neighbors. So, yeah, I really want to have Neighbours on a streaming service so I can re-watch it from the very beginning. That'd be good. Yeah. I've been doing that with the yeah. East Enders. Mrs. Mangle. Yeah. Oh, the East Enders. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, right? And there's so many good actors from that, actually, that's appeared and stuff now um, in films in Hollywood, so that's cool. Yeah. That's the thing that soaps can be such a good training ground. Yeah. Long form storytelling. Yeah. But that, you know, that they've got to be able to boom, you know, pick up a script, any script changes, and just boom, learn it and deliver it. Mm-hmm. They don't get many takes. No. Um, and yeah, so when they go to Hollywood, they've. They're hard workers. They can just deliver. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Margot Robbie, so obviously coming up in Suicide Squad, or The Suicide Squad, yeah, isn't it? The Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. Do I have to watch the first one? I Do you think? I watched a reaction video because I haven't seen it since. <laughs> and I watched a reaction video to it yesterday. Like literally yesterday, yeah. and I forgot. And this is just the thing we have to remember: these reaction videos are cut up. Um, yeah, I forgot how bad it is. <laughs> I would say don't watch it. Hmm. I feel like the base, the the basics, you'll get told in the new one, like because it's kind of a subtle reboot, but not quite. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, it's awful. Very problematic, I, yeah. Very problematic. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you just look at the costume with Harley Quinn Ugh. between that and Birds of Prey, you go, hmm, male gaze much? Very much. And not, not just in mm. the costume, it's the whole film. There's like a scene where all the men are like staring yeah. at her boobs. It's like, good Lord. Like, come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched um, Batman versus Superman or Justice League, either version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've, at some point I'm going to have to. Yeah, we're doing it for a Batman Returns next. Uh, well, we just started season two, but we're going to be doing it for season three. We're going to be doing the Snyder verse, which I feel like Auden, my friend, is not very excited about. <laughs> Yeah, because I watched the um, Superman film you know, years ago mm. and I just remember just not liking it, not liking it. I mean, obviously I was brought up on the 78 Superman. Yeah, the best that version. Christopher Reeve. Like, you can't be it. That's my Superman. No. No, so it annoys me when Superman is – not fantastic, and then they use John Williams' theme. I'm like, no, get that theme out of your mouth. <laughs> That's Chris Reeves. No. Yeah. It, yeah, you've got to be yeah. very – it feels like it's a simple thing to do for their characters, but they still don't understand how to utilise it properly, which is very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, so you're diving into the Batman. So, yeah, I listened to your sort of summary of the um, Burton Schumacher mm. um, Batmans, and yeah, you have a definite love of the, the Burton Batman. Yes, I love those films. They're the best. Like they're the ones I grew up with. It's the, like like you said, it's yeah. it's that and the Donna Superman films. They're the purest, mm. I think, representations of those characters. And they're not perfect in terms of like, you know, they're not straight from the comics, but I feel like they get the sensibility of, of those characters pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to 89 Batman where, yes, I saw it in the cinema because I'm old. <laughs> um, I think it was like one of the first movies I ever went to that had allocated seating. Mm. And it sort of sticks in my mind. Um, but it was such a big deal when it came out like yeah that poster is just iconic of just black with the symbol yeah on it everything about that film is just iconic i mean the soundtrack um, yeah and then the other soundtrack like both soundtracks the prince one and also just the danny alfman themes mm. is just so good well the danny alfman theme is now just batman's theme yes so when the animated um, series started, yeah, they they used Elfin's theme. God, I love that animated series. So good. So good. Yeah, we're going to be delving a little bit into some of the stuff of that at some point. We're going to be doing one of the films for uh, one of the seasons. We're going to be like because we're doing um with the first season of the show, which is on Patreon. It's called well, it's called Batman Returned, and we're looking back at all the different Batman movies. So. The first season was the Schum- uh, Burton to Schumacher series, so Batman 89 all the way to Batman and Robin. We just started, yeah. we, we finished recording last night, the first episode, and I'm going to be editing that, and that's out on Wednesday, which is season two, so we're doing the Nolan trilogy, so that's going to be like three to four episodes long, one to, like, one to conclude everything, but the first one was Batman Begins, and then we're going to be doing season three, which is going to be the Snyder 
verse, which is going to be the first one we're going to do is Man of Steel because it just sets up stuff. I know it's not a Batman film, but yeah, it's a special special episode. Um, yeah, and then we're going to be doing like a like a mix up of like our favorite Batman stuff that isn't necessarily a whole thing in itself. So like, I think we're going to be doing like one of the animated films, one of the Lego Batman. I think it's one of them we're going to be doing. Um, which is going to be really fun. And the 66 Batman film. Oh, the film? The TV show? Or just the film? Uh, They're both great. Yeah, the TV, the, the film version of the TV show. And then maybe eventually we'll yeah. be doing TV. Because I feel like obviously we're going to run out at some point. So I feel like we're going yeah. to be continuing either other characters or also just... like I feel like there's a, there's a good chance to do the TV show episodes because they're great. I love those shows. That one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of it is that it's it's a fantastic show if you're eight because it's super exciting and adventurous, and then it's a hilarious show when you're older. Yeah, when you're an adult because it's so cheesy and corny. It's just fantastic. And we talk about it in the shows like Grant Morrison does a great job because people treat it as if it's a joke and like not to be taken seriously, and it's. It shouldn't be taken too seriously, but what I love about Grant Morrison is that he accepts every version of the character and says it, it always the same character. So I think in the comic yeah. books, he's like, oh yeah, that stuff happened. It's just that we were all drugged up from all stuff, from years of fighting Scarecrow <laughs> and stuff that when you think back to where it all appears in the sort of weird haze of like 60s ridiculousness. Like, Psychedelic. Yeah, like a giant piano. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my favourite <laughs> accounts, if you're a fan of uh, that show, it's 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 so good. It's called um, at Bat Labels, and this person who I think it's the same guy does Swear Trek and Effing Birds. I don't know if you've seen those accounts on Twitter before, but they go through every single episode of Batman sixty six, and for some reason, like every single thing in that show has like a label for it. That, like spells out exactly what it is and it's so ridiculous that they go through every single episode and just list them it's like there's a thing that says yeah. well known criminals file uh <laughs> full power danger uh oh, what is it yeah giant like labeled buttons loose map of gotham city <laughs> computer with all the various carefully labeled buttons and levers and oh it's it's brilliant and and commissioner gordon you, you can't say that him and the mayor are not taking that role seriously they're delivering it as shakespeare such fine men such excellent Fine men. <laughs> and one of my every time. One of my favorite ones is that there's an episode where we find out Bruce Wayne has a horse called Wainbow. Oh God. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> and they keep repeating his name as much as they can. It's like Wainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Rainbow 
Yeah. <laughs> of course, good old King Tut just forever being hit on the head with flower pots. Yeah. Um, Liberace is a villain. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, now, if you've talked a bit about your Patreon and yes. a bit about the shows you're doing, but why don't you fill in the listeners on all the work you're doing? Because I know you do a lot. Uh, yeah, maybe too much. Um, so for Star Wars, we do the Imperial Senate podcast, which is a show we've been doing since 2016, where we talk uh, about Star Wars stuff in a very quirky and ridiculous manner. There's so many Star Wars shows that talk about in the news just in general. We try to do whatever we want instead. Uh, so that's on just every podcasting podcatcher you can find. It's there for free. Uh, every episode's there for free. We've got a Patreon for the Imperial Senate podcast as well if you want bonus content, like a Lego show we do. But pretty, if you just want to listen to us normally, that's where we are. Uh, my... YouTube channel, which you can find on my Twitter, which is at C-M-W-A-S-H-P-Y. has all my links on my bio. You can find all my links to everything, so Imperial Senate Podcast, uh, my Patreon, my Kofi. Um, on my Patreon, though, we've been setting up a YouTube show on, well, YouTube, funny enough, uh, called Pondivision. It's an MCU podcast where every Sunday we do a live discussion on the MCU shows. And we will be doing the movies as well. So, for example, we'll be doing a one episode for Black Widow, for example. Um, and then on Patreon, we've got specific shows. We've got the Charlie Ashby Show, which is a show where I interview people uh, about creativity and their lives and just me getting to know them a bit more. And also, like I said, Batman Returned, which is my Batman podcast where I talk about uh, the Batman cinematic franchise and how it's affected culture, what we think about the movies. Like I said, we did Batman Begins comes out on Wednesday, so that's a commentary track, so you can listen to all of us talk about Batman whilst the film's on. And this one's quite a ride. We actually had a really good time with Batman Begins, so recommend checking that out. Cool. Excellent. Yes, you can find me at that Geek Pod on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook. My personal account is Catherine underscore Neen on Twitter, um, where you see me talking MCU, Cassian, sometimes just random things. And yes, you'll see the occasional photo of me in Melbourne City doing things. It's weird, weird being out again. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Thank you so much for coming on. It's been great fun. Thank um, you for having me on. Yeah. That Geek Pod will return. Yeah.